Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. To the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, April 6th, right after the Hawks took care of business and beat the Washington Wizards 118 103 in the final home game of the regular season. The Hawks have been hot at home, and I expected that to happen. You know, even though the Wizards did give a wonderful effort throughout the entire game, like I predicted, the Hawks ultimately pulled away from three balls from Trey Young and Bogey in the fourth quarter, and that will be all she wrote. Obviously, the Hawks did have a game last night against the Toronto Raptors, which they dropped, and typically I don't record right after the game. Um, when there's back-to-backs because that opens up overreactions to the game one. And essentially, how I look at it, back-to-backs are essentially one long game. The first game, you know, it's going to be more probably starter-driven, um, depending on if you are blowing out the team or not. If you're blowing out the team, the bench is going to get a lot of minutes because – Obviously, you want to spell the starters for the second game the next day, depending on your traveling or if you're staying put. But we, I kind of foresaw this coming. I knew Toronto was going to be a tough draw for us. And depending on how we handled business or did not handle business, Toronto was going to dictate how tonight's game went. So we're going to briefly talk about those two games right now. As it stands, the Hawks clinch a winning season, so there's no way that they can have a losing season at this point after tonight's win. They are at ninth place, virtually tied for eighth with Brooklyn right now. Brooklyn has the tiebreaker. They're both a game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the Charlotte Hornets are a game and a half behind both Brooklyn and Atlanta. So as it looks right now, I'm not going to make any predictions. Seven is still in play. We needed to win tonight, but we have a tough game coming up Friday night in Miami, and then we close the regular season in Houston. I'll be in Texas this weekend as well, but I'll be in Dallas, so will not hear from me after the Miami game, but I'll be back Sunday night to record and basically wrap up the regular season before we get into the play-in game, whoever we play. is still being sorted out. As I talked about last episode, Cleveland does have some tough draws. They have to take on the Nets and the Bucks to end the season. Obviously, Brooklyn, as I mentioned, they were down by 20 tonight, came back and won over the New York Knicks. And like I said, they do play the Cavaliers next and then end the regular season at home versus the Indiana Pacers. So they should end the season favorable than um Obviously, how they have been playing, they've been pretty spotty, but 
good win tonight for them. We'll see how things shake up. And then the Hornets have decent draw. They have the Magic, who did help us out and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last night on tomorrow night. Then they have a second out of a back-to-back -back traveling to the Bulls to take on Chicago, which I would probably chuck that an L for the Hornets. And then the Wizards, who obviously they gave effort tonight, and they're a divisional opponents, so they're going to be very familiar with the Hornets. But at this point, I think the safest bet is to say that Charlotte's going to be the 10th seed. If Charlotte's going to be 10, we're going to figure out 7, 8, 9. I mean, like I said, with a game separating Cleveland, Brooklyn, and Atlanta, it's going to be pretty dicey. And if they all end with the same record, Brooklyn would be the 7th seed, Atlanta would be the 8th. And Cleveland would be the nine if it shook out like that. So we said it was going to go down the wire. We need to control our destiny by taking care of what's in front of us. So as I have the games in front of me, we're going to talk about, obviously, last night's game versus the Raptors and tonight's game versus the Wizards. But first, this plug. All right, and we are back. Toronto game was, was a tough one. It was a tough one. The Raptors ended the game with a 17-5 run down the stretch to put the game away. Hawks were making – it was a pretty close game throughout the entire game. Toronto would have their moments where they pulled out to six, seven points. Hawks would close the gap. But in the end, the Raptors got the win at home over, by, over the Hawks by 10 points. It was tough not having Gallinari. He was out due to left knee inflammation last night. Um, he would play tonight and have a big game tonight, so it was really good to see Gallo back. But outside of Bogey, and I tweeted about this, the reasons why the Hawks lost yesterday, the bench. Bogey had 19, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. He did his thing. But outside of that, the other four players who came off the bench for the Hawks combined for 5 points. You you're not going to win games when four of the players who touched the floor for you off the bench only combined for five points. Bogey did his thing. Back was hurting. But you're going to have to do better than that. And it was a night where the Hawks almost had four players score 20 points or more. As I said, Bogey had 19. DeAndre Hunter had a good game. He had 20 points, six rebounds. Uh, got in foul trouble, five fouls. But... It's good to see Hunter have those games where he is aggressive in attacking. Herter had a good game. He had 21 points, knocked down five three-pointers, added four assists. And then Trey Young obviously did Trey Young things, 26 points, 15 assists, four rebounds. He continues this wonderful stretch of games, getting everybody involved. Um, but Capella, you know, 10 points, 14 rebounds for him. Seven points, two rebounds, two assists for TLC. But the bench killed us. That absolutely killed us. Uh, free throw attempts, that was something coming into the game that I wanted to see the Hawks continue to be aggressive, get into the paint. They only had two free throw attempts in the first half. They would get up to 10, so they, got, they did a better job getting to the free throw line in the second half. But still, they had 12 free throw attempts while the Raptors had 31. So that was tough sledding. Hawks shot pretty well from three-point line, almost 38%, and shot 45% from the floor compared to 43% for the Raptors and 
just under 26% for the Raptors beyond the three-point line. So Hawks shot better from the floor, but rebounding. Rebounding was the talk of Twitter. We couldn't do anything on the glass. We were out-rebounded by 10 on the offensive glass, and Toronto is one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league. They're one of the worst defensive rebounding teams, but the best offensive rebounding team. And they are rebounded the Hawks by 17 rebounds, 60 to 43. That stat was the big glaring stat for me. Hawks did a really good job sharing the ball, 31 team assist. Typically, when we have 31 team assist, we usually win. But again, the rebounding was a killer for the Hawks. We got outscored in the paint by 20 points. And we just. Got a lot of fouls called on us. A lot of fouls called on us, and it was not favorable or kind to us being a road team. And it was a game where Van Fleet shot 4 of 21. 4 of 21, 2 of 12 from 3. He only had 12 points and 9 assists, though. But typically, if you have Van Fleet shooting 4 of 21, you should win that game. But he had help. He had help, unlike the Hawks. The Hawks did not have... I mean, they had... Four players score almost 20 points or more. That's that's great. Everyone else really faltered for the Hawks, especially that bench. The bench was the killer outside of rebounding, as I mentioned. But Pascal Siakam continued to be a certified Hawks hater in the words of my man, Jason Walker. Shout out, Jason, if you listen to this podcast. 31 points for Siakam, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Rookie Scotty Barnes had another game against the Hawks, 19 points. 14 boards for him. Gary Trent Jr. did not go crazy behind the three-point line, but had 14 points. Chris Boucher with 18 points, seven rebounds off the bench. Thaddeus Young with seven points, eight rebounds off the bench, and Precious Achua had 11 points. Only two rebounds from him, but all in all, 60 total rebounds for the Raptors, and then the poor scoring from the bench for the Hawks really buried us, so... I already tweeted and forecasted before this game today that I expected the bench to be a lot better tonight, and they proved me right. I expected us to compete a little bit more on the offensive glass. The rebounding margin tonight against the Wizards, minus five, but a lot better than minus 17 on the glass. Uh, The Hawks did better getting to the free throw line, 19 free throw attempts tonight, and they shot 84% from the charity stripe. 41% 41% from three. The Hawks continue to shoot well from the three-point line. 16 threes made for the Atlanta Hawks. And as a team, they shot just under 47%. On the flip side, Wizards shot just under 49% from the floor, but 28% from three and only had 11 free throw attempts. Hawks had 26 team assists, so the ball movement was still there tonight. It slowed down in the second half, but... All in all, they got the win. That's all that matters. 11 steals for the Hawks. They created 14 Wizards turnovers tonight while they only committed six as the Hawks are number one in the NBA for turnovers per game. They just take care of the ball very well, and they continue to do that tonight. And no real other advantages in the stat category. So the big thing tonight, getting to the free throw line, shooting well from the three-point line and competing a little bit more on the glass. And again, they got contributions tonight from that bench. That was the big difference. I mean, Borsingas on the other side did his thing, 26 points, 18 rebounds, 
had four three-pointers. But outside of him, Kispert, who had 12 points, and then Gafford off the bench with 12, no other Wizard scored in double digits. So the Wizards had the Hawks look from last night, whereas the Hawks had the contributions that the Raptors had last night. And when you look at the stats from the bench, only three players scored off the bench for the Hawks. But those three players got 20-plus minutes each. So and you're on the floor that much, you expect them to contribute. Big O started off hot tonight. He was abysmal the night before, but he certainly rebounded tonight with 8.6 rebounds, three assists off the bench. Big O, as long as John Collins is out, Okongwu is a big key for this team at the power forward position, rebounding, getting blocks, finishing around the rim. He is crucial for this Atlanta Hawks team. So having, and I was talking to the friend, you know, Glenn Willis on Twitter. Shout out Glenn if you're listening. Um, and everyone's entitled to an off day at work. I mean, I have off days at work, you know, far and few between, but they happen. They happen. I mean, everyone has bad days. And that was a bad day for Okongwu, but I'm glad in 21 minutes he made up for it, scoring and attacking the glass. He certainly was an impact. Bogey had a good game off the bench last night. Another good game off the bench tonight. 18 points, six three-pointers made for Bogey. And he added four assists. DeLon Wright played 26 minutes. Did not score a whole bunch of points. Only had two points, but he added four steals, three assists, four rebounds. He was plus 16 in the plus-minus category. Um, but the best plus-minus of the night belongs to the best player on his Hawks team, which is Ice Trey. Another good game from him. 30 points, 11 assists for Trey Young. Another 30.10 assists night in his young career. He is as we talked about in the last program, quickly climbing up that list as the player with the most 30-point, 10-assist games in NBA history. Uh, he shot 8-17 from the floor, 3-9 of nine from 3, but he did a really good job of setting the tone and getting everybody involved. And a lot of people were sharing the rock. I mean, Okongu had 3 assists, Bogey had 4, DeLon Wright, as I mentioned, had 3, Kevin Herter had 3 assists, so... It was good to see the ball movement and people creating for others. It was just a wonderful sight to see. Clint Capella had a dominant game, 19.7 rebounds. Herter dipped off this game, five points, shot two of nine from the floor, one of five from three, added three rebounds to his three assists, as I mentioned. DeAndre Hunter struggled from the floor but got to double digits. He shot three of 13 from the floor, two of four from three-point line. And Gallinari, who we have missed off the bench, he got to start tonight, and he played like a starter. 26 points, 10 rebounds. He had a 19 field goal attempts, made 11 of them. Shot 4-7 from 3. Gallo was the player of the game tonight. He, he was no, undoubtedly the player of the game tonight. He was scoring at will. He started off early where Trey Young and Bogey closed things off to get the 15-point win. And now the Hawks are four games above 500 with a shot, as I mentioned at the top of the program, to get to that seven seed. It's going to be tough. Miami, we have to see them on Friday night. And they are resting at this point. They played a game yesterday. 
and they have no other games until we see them Friday night in Miami for a p.m. tip-off. So all eyes on that one. That's going to be a tough matchup. As we said, the Heat are number one in the Eastern Conference right now. And as it stands, they have a two-game lead on the Boston Celtics for that number one seed. After the Heat take on the Hawks, they will travel to Orlando and take on the Magic. So they should end the season fairly well. It's going to be a tough one for the Hawks, another playoff-type game. They've been playing with that playoff intensity. Fell short up in Toronto, especially on the glass. you got to rebound as a team. I talked about that going into the, uh, to the game on Tuesday, and they just certainly did not get it done. So... We're going to have to certainly bring it because this team is one of the hottest teams in the NBA. We had one of the hottest records in the NBA, but we obviously lost against Toronto, but that is now a thing of the past. We're still 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. The Heat are 6-4 and four in the last 10 games, but in the midst of a five-game winning streak, which is the longest winning streak in the Eastern Conference. And then when you're looking across conference, as of right now, they have the actually the number one the, the longest winning streak current in the NBA. So, tough sledding going against the Miami Heat, who scored 144 points against the Hornets the other night. Uh, Tyler Hero has been scorching this year off the bench. He had 35 for them last game. Duncan Robinson had 21. They combined Hero and Robinson for 13 made three-pointers. 13 made three-pointers on 22 attempts. That is just astronomical. Caleb Martin added three three-pointers that night. Pretty much everyone got into the three-point party for the Miami Heat. They made 23 three-pointers and shot almost 55% from the three-point line. A great game from Jimmy Butler, who had 27 points, eight assists, five rebounds. Bam Adebayo with 22 points, nine rebounds, three assists. Lowry did not play, but Strauss and Vincent got the nod for them. It was a team effort. They shot 57% from the floor. They rebounded the ball particularly well, and they out-rebounded the, the Hornets by 10, had 29 assists. Just a great, great win for the Miami Heat. So they're going to be coming in feeling really great about what they did the night before. Uh, now, the, the Heat are susceptible to turnovers, so that is something that we can definitely exploit. But we have been on the receiving end. I mean, Miami Heat, they have shot well from three. Basically, the last six quarters, the last two quarters versus the Raptors, they buried them with three-pointers, and then obviously how they performed against the Hornets. The Hawks are going to have to guard the three-point line very, very well on Friday night to have them to give themselves a chance. They're going to need to compete on the glass. They're going to need to force the issue, get to the free throw line. And the bench is going to have to perform because when you have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson on the other side coming off the bench, that puts a lot of pressure on Gallo, whether he's in the starting lineup or not. Bogey for sure, or Kongu, DeLon Wright. We don't know about Lou Will. He was out tonight with some back soreness, so he was held out. But Lou Will certainly will, will need to make an impact. I just, I believe in this Hawks team. They're looking good. They're playing great team ball. And they're showing it 
a level of connectivity on the defensive side of the, of the ball that is lending that, hey, they are ready for playoff basketball. It is evident that they are ready and geared up for this play-in game. But we're going to need John Collins at some point. We're going to need John Collins. If we're going to make a run, if we're going to do this or that, we're going to need John Collins. If we can't get John Collins, that puts a lot of pressure on Gallinari. puts a lot of pressure on Okongwu. We're going to have to probably give Gorgie James some minutes as well. Our forwards off the bench have to be ready and available. That's that's the only thing to talk about at this point. They have to be ready and they have to be available. It's great to see Okongwu have a bounce back game. DeAndre Hunter struggled tonight shooting the ball, but he did other things well, especially getting, you know, a steal on the block. He was plus seven, plus minus, even with his inefficient shooting night. It's going to put a lot of pressure on DeAndre Hunter. We're going to need him. We're going to need him for sure. We're going to need Herter to do some facilitating, but get his when he can as well. You know, Kevin Knox only got two minutes, but it could open the door for Jalen Johnson to get a few more minutes. We're going to have to figure something out at the forward position. It's been kind of a revolving door as far as injuries the whole year. But this is where, I mean, we're going to go against Bam Adebayo next game. Bam is going to be a load. We're going to have to throw a lot of bodies at Bam Adebayo to get him uncomfortable, which is easier said than done at the level that he's been playing at. P.J. Tucker, who's a great defender and can stretch the floor, certainly known as a corner three-point shooter. We're going to have to match his level of intensity. You know, Martin as a small forward off the bench. Um, Yurt Seven off the bench as center. We're going to, it's going to, this next game is going to come down to can the bench produce again in our front court versus their front court. If we can win the, win the front court matchup, that's going to give the Hawks a really good chance to win the game on Friday night. And then obviously they get a chance to, they're probably not going to rest their starters. If they can get to a fast start in Houston, put the game out of reach rest them in their starters, get some other players some minutes. That would be the best-case scenario. This is the game that you're going to have to put it all on the line. Like I said, Houston, we can't sleep on Houston. As I said last program, we did lose to them earlier this year here in the State Farm Arena. But this Miami game, we're going to have to put it all on the line. That's what I want to see from the Hawks. If they can compete, put it all on the line, you know, play like there's no tomorrow, this is a do-or-die game. You win this game. You win against the Rockets. You put yourselves in wonderful position to take the seventh seed. You do. Now, the Nets are going to have something to say about that because they have a favorable schedule as well, taking on the Cavaliers and the Pacers, as I mentioned at the top of the program. But if you're the Hawks, give yourself a chance and give your all. That's all. That's that's the end of the message. I mean, that's the end of the podcast. I mean, if I'm the coach, if I'm Nate McMillan, and I'm giving a speech about the importance of this game in Miami, there's nothing to say. This is do or die. This is the best team in the conference. This is the team that has won division, took our title away from last year in the division title and won it this year. They're playing astronomical. They're beating their chest. They've won five straight. They feel good. It's time 
I mean, and here's the here's the thing. They're going to probably have to see this team in the playoffs. If they win, if they let's say if things shake out, the Nets get 7, Hawks get 8, Nets beat the Hawks. And then we have to play the 8-9 game and we win that second game to get ourselves in the playoffs. We're going to have to see this uh, this Heat team. We're going to have to see this. So this is a precursor. This is a okay, we need to treat it like this is game 1 of the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's what we need to treat this as. If I'm Nathan Mellon, I'm coming in with a game plan. I'm watching film. I might, I mean, today's Wednesday. They're going to have a travel day and get down to Miami. I would do whatever I whatever I can strategically to have a great game plan. Maybe not show everything, but compete, play hard, and let the Heat know that you may see us in about a week and a half, but we we damn sure going to compete. That's what needs to happen on Friday night. Even if we lose, even if we lose the game on Friday, if they compete their tail off and they do everything they can and there's some little things that can be changed as far as execution, maybe an, an extra burst of energy or effort here or there, a different call here or there. If it's things like that, I am fine with because we're probably going to see this team again shortly once the Hawks get into the playoffs, and I expect them to get into the playoffs. But if we go out there and lay an egg, it's and honestly, even if we go out there and lay an egg, it's kind of arbitrary at this point. Because we if we're gonna see them, we're gonna remember that. We're gonna correct our mistakes, and I expect a really good game one. The Hawks always play the Heat close. And when the games have gotten away from the Hawks playing the Heat this year is when they did not guard a three-point line and did not compete on the glass. Those are, that's the message. That's what they need to focus on tomorrow night. The bench, controlling the three-point shooting on the other side, competing on the glass, and then matching their physicality. Miami, you already know the program that they have established for years. Being physical, defensive-minded team, we're going to have to match that energy and that effort. It's going to be a this is a playoff game. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. I'm sure the Stars are going to be out in Miami. They're feeling good. Number one seed in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people expect them to do well this year. I didn't expect them to be the number one team in the East. But here we are, two games from the plan, and they are the number one team in the East. They got the target on their back. They know it. It's time for us to go after this team. Get after the Miami Heat. Set the tone early. That's the I want to see them Hawks get out to a fast start. Set that tone early of being physical, playing hard, going for loose balls, and let this Heat team know that it's going to be a game. It is going to be 48 minutes of playoff basketball in your house. And I I just can't wait to see them compete. I cannot wait to see them compete on Friday night. I would have loved for them to get that Raptors game, but they didn't. Two and two to end the season this week. It's not terrible, but certainly they have some momentum. People are looking out for the Hawks, and the Hawks are playing with a sense of belief and camaraderie that we have not seen through a lot of stretches of this season. So I'm excited to see them pull up to the 305 on Friday night. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, and share it because the play-in tournament is coming up. We're going to be covering it. So put them on to the show if they have not listened to this program. 
and check out Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast. So you already know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA basketball fans, regular basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. It does not matter. Put them on. Have them follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself at Brad Jarrett. 6-7 on Twitter. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Let's go, Hawks. Let's beat the heat. Beat the heat. Beat the heat. And it's raining here, so we beating the heat right now. But hopefully we can beat them on Friday night. Take care of things in H-Town. Then I come back from my little vacation and talk playing. Who we playing? It don't matter. Like Kevin Durant said the other night, Tip the ball off. We're going to see. We're going to see. I believe in this Hawks team, and you should too. And we're going to catch you guys next episode.